Freedom of speech. Yep, we're we're doing it. We're having that. Someone's got to have the conversation, right? Someone's got to talk about it, and that's what we're gonna do. Um, should you be allowed to say whatever you want? Should I be allowed to say whatever I want? This is a touchy topic, but we're gonna jump into it. We're gonna uh, jump into some scripture in Acts, and I'm excited. Ready, guys? Let's do it. Welcome, friends, to New Plan Life, where we've decided to hit the restart button on our lives and pursue what is life-giving instead. We'll be studying scripture daily, talking about current events with guests, and so much more. Thanks for listening. God bless. All right. Thank you guys for joining another day. Today, we're (laughs) tackling a pretty big, uh, I think, topic, especially nowadays, uh, with freedom of speech. So, where are we going to start? Well, um, as you guys know, there's a lot of silencing happening right now, and this is not something that's new. Um, If we look in the scriptures, and I know some people are like, scriptures, man, that's so long ago. Like, we're talking about nowadays. It's like, yes, I know this. That's why we're looking at the scriptures, because this has been going on for a very, very long time. It's just we're using technology to do it now. Um, whereas before we were doing it in person and that's still happening today. So we're going to look back. And so what is, what is at the heart of wanting to silence people? What is that about? We usually think of in the most logical way is hate speech. That's the most common is like, you know, if someone says something extremely vulgar and demeaning and, um, threatening, then, our immediate response is, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to say that. But that defeats the purpose of freedom of speech. The whole point of having freedom of speech is being allowed to say whatever you want to say. Because if you aren't allowed to say whatever you want to say, then there's restrictions. And if there's restrictions, who made the restrictions? And what does he believe? And it starts to become a slippery slope because whoever is making these restrictions, you're leaving it up to some man or woman. If that's hate speech, then in a month, this is going to be hate speech. And then in another month, this is going to be hate speech. And it's just all downhill from there because then you're not allowed to say almost anything. So having freedom of speech is very important. And to my listeners, I want to remind you that even the things that people say that you don't agree with that are demeaning and insulting, we should still be willing to die for them to be able to say it. Even if it's something that you completely are on the opposite side of the aisle on, we are still willing to fight for your right to say that. Because if not then tyranny will take over, and then we will not have freedom of speech. So let's see kind of where the Bible talks about freedom of speech and um, where that comes up. So there's this term. It's called argumentum ad hominem, which is a logical fallacy, which I'm sure you guys have heard of that term before. Um, But it's basically this. You disregard what's being said, You don't deal with the merit or the virtue or the argument in general that's being put forth. You simply attack the person who's saying it, right? You, when you, when people have arguments, a lot of times they'll have these logical fallacies where you'll put up an argument and Christ did this a lot. uh, And the disciples did this is when you put up a question that is truthful 
you put up a question that's real and they want to ignore the basis of what you're saying and instead attack you, the person that's saying it, which doesn't make a lot of sense because if you remember when they arrested Jesus and they were questioning him and trying to pin something on him and they were actually striking Jesus and hitting him and he was like, for which of my good deeds do you hit me? And they're like, what do you say to that? Because you have, you're ignoring the argument because the argument actually does have merit, but instead you're attacking the person, which is, it makes no sense whatsoever. Like if Jesus was perfect and did nothing bad or sinful, like, why would you hit me? Or like, okay, so you want to kill me because I healed this blind man. Why do you want to kill me? Because I healed someone and did good. They ignore that, right? They're just like, um, yeah, we're going to kill you. And it's like, what? What? That doesn't make any sense. So you guys get it. You get the point. Um, and we're still facing that today, right? We'll put up these um, ideas and truths. And people hate that. People absolutely hate truth. So they attack the person who's saying it instead. Because that's, that's easier and it's easy in general just to attack the person. They don't have to know a lot. Um or believe in a God to simply attack someone. So, right, we hear uh, people kind of come at us and say, you know, you arrogant, you know, self-righteous, high horse Christian, you think you know everything, you don't deserve to be in the academic world, or you don't deserve to speak. And if we go down that road, um, matter of fact, you don't deserve to live. If you don't deserve the right to speak and have freedom of speech, they'll go even further, right? It just keeps going until you completely silence that person. First, it's silencing freedom of speech, but then it's silencing the person because they know they're never going to stop, right? So you have to get rid of the person. In Acts twenty-two twenty-two, listen to this. The crowd listened until Paul said that word, which was preaching. Then they all began to shout, away with such a fellow. He isn't fit to live. Because of what Paul believed, they said he wasn't fit to live his life. He was fit for death because of truth. The world hates truth. Why does the world hate truth? Well, the world hates truth because the world hates Christ. Because Christ loved the truth. He preached the truth. He was the truth. And the modern day Christ, the Christ that's real, that we preach, not the one that's been created and uh, twisted, the, the modern day Christ is, is mocked, right? And he's laughed at. While the world creates their own Christ in their minds, and that's completely okay, and they worship the image that they made in peace and harmony. But we can't worship our Christ because they hate him, and we have to be silenced. John 7, 7 says, The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. So when we speak truth, 
it's not necessarily us they hate, right? It's the truth that we believe. It's the truth that we're speaking. That's what they hate. And if it's coming from this body, if it's coming from the voice that you hear, we have to stop it. We have to stop that voice. And that's the world. That's just the way the world has worked. So what we're seeing today, again, it's it's part of scripture. This has been happening for a long time. People hate truth. They hate the light. They hate Christ. John 3.19 says, And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. So here's a common question. Why would anyone hate Christ? Well, because he's good. <laughs> Why would anyone hate a good Christ? Because they are evil. Why would anyone hate Christ? Because he is love. Why would anyone hate a loving Christ? Because they are loveless. They don't understand what love truly is. John 15, 18 and 19 says, If the world does hate you, remember, it hated me first. The world would love you as, as its own, if you belonged to it, but you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of this world, so it hates you. You've become a traitor. Look here at the end when it says, I chose you to come out of this world, so it hates you. If you become out of the world, then you're a traitor. You're a traitor to the world because you're serving the spiritual God, right, of heaven, and of the the creation, you're not of this world anymore. You're not part of, quote, us. You become a traitor, and we all know what happens to traitors. Jesus is saying, your relationship with me will bring hostility from the darkness. So I was reading this morning in Acts 3 and 4, and basically, Paul heals someone that was crippled from birth. And he brings them into the temple to worship and pray. And uh, he's leaping around in joy. And it's, it's an awesome story. And while Peter and John were speaking at the temple, they were confronted by the priests. And let me just say this. I don't think they confronted them in the middle of the entire congregation. I don't think that the darkness, that's that's the way the dark usually works. I think once the service was over and they were outside casually talking to everyone, I think that's when they confronted them. And it says they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some Sadducees. You know, the people in the back making sure the guards, you know, arrest them. And... These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that Jesus, that through Jesus, there is a resurrection of the dead. Very disturbed, guys. <laughs> they were very disturbed that they were speaking this. So they arrested them. And since it was already evening, they put them in jail until the morning. But of the people who heard the message that they were preaching and believed it, the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000, 5,000, 
this is why they were so disturbed, because everyone was believing what they said, and they hated that. So, how do you silence them? Well, let's throw them in jail. That's step one. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders, teachers of religious law, met in Jerusalem. Um, and they brought in the two disciples and demanded, By what power or whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that he was healed healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, the man you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. <laughs> Do you see what's happening here? He he is questioning them, saying, <laughs> Did you arrest me because I healed a man of his crippledness? What? Do you want to know why he was healed? Because we all know here they don't want to know why he was healed. All they want to do is silence Paul and Peter. They don't care about the good deed. They don't care about the healed man. They care about him stop speaking about Christ. That's why they're here, is to silence him. They don't care about the argument. They don't care about the merit or the healing that was done. Something unheard of. They don't care about that. Because their heart is so hardened against truth. In Christ, right? I mean, here's the first time Christ is coming up for real after Christ's resurrection, and they're immediately rebelling against Christ. The members of the council were amazed when they heard the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. Isn't that strange? They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, they couldn't really say much. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What do we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they perform miraculous signs and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda... Any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. Wait, hold on. I, I just got to stop here. Propaganda. So, propaganda, as we know, it's it's fake, right? It's not true. It's fake news. It's it's something saying some someone is saying something that is not true at all, and it's and it's false. But do you see the double standard here? We can't deny that they have performed miraculous signs, but we can't have them spread that propaganda. Why is it propaganda if it's true? Why do you say it's false if you can see the healed man standing right in front of you? How does that work? It's almost like you don't have truth. Isn't that strange? So, they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. 
the council threatened them further. Here it is, right? What we talked about earlier. They are ignoring the merit of the conversation and the healing that has happened that's standing right in front of their eyes, and they threaten them because that's all they have. They don't have truth. They don't have knowledge. They don't have Christ. They don't know love. So all they have in their pocket as a weapon is to threaten them physically, is to silence them, is to hurt them, is to kill them. But finally, they let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. Let me tell you something. If you're scared of the riots that have been happening and that might happen in the future, they were scared of a riot for Christ. This is what scared them most. When believers come together, man, you want to have faith that God will provide. This is how God provides. We read time and time again how... Evil forces take over for a period, and then God starts an uprising in his people or has the people overcome that evil and that darkness. These evil people were not afraid of the riot of the people. They were afraid of the 5,000 plus new believers in Christ. That's the riot they were scared of. For everyone who was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what a leading priest, what the leading priests and elders said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voice together and said to God, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea, everything in them. You spoke long ago about the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their times with these futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle, but the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against the Messiah. In verse 28 it says, But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. I'm going to stop right there. That's it. I, guys, listen. Their prayer there was to preach the word boldly without fear of being silenced. They came before the priests. They were arrested. They were threatened. What was their prayer? They were freed. They were with believers again. And they said, God, let us boldly proclaim your name throughout the nations without fear of being silenced. They were in the face of people trying to silence them. They refused. They said no. And as you listen to my earlier podcast called No... That's what we have to do. And it's not that we're rebelling against the authorities that's been in place. As Paul said to the high council, he said, should we obey you rather than God? And that's that's the point we're coming to is we don't obey men rather than God. We obey God first because he is truth. He is life. He is light. So when the powers of darkness come against us and try to silence us, and try to threaten us, that's when we, in boldness, stand up and say no 
we choose Christ. And you know what? We're going to tell everyone about Christ, even when you're telling us not to. Because that's why we live. That's why you live. You just don't know it. The one that you're persecuting is the one that gave you life in the first place. Do you remember Paul on the road to Damascus? When Christ revealed himself, he's like, Paul, Paul, why are you, or Saul, why are you persecuting me? And (laughs) he's like, I'm the one that gave you life. And of course, that's when Saul made the conversion to Paul, and he became one of the biggest, you know, names in the entire um, history of the Bible and in life. These people might not know what they're doing, but they're working for darkness when they try to silence us, when they try to silence truth. So, I want to pray for you guys and just remember that whether it's Facebook, Google, Instagram, YouTube, uh, whatever it is, the news that are silencing stories and silencing you, to stand up against that. We, we have the right to say whatever we want. Though it may be wrong, though it may be misinformed, we have the right to live and we have the right to speak. And I heard it said the other day, imagine if our cell phones, uh, when you call people, imagine if they were listening in and you weren't allowed to say certain things and they would, you know, ban you temporarily uh, from using your phone or they would uh, fact check you or they would um, make sure the other person knows that you're spreading lies. Like, man, that company would be gone in a week. Everyone would boycott it. It'd be gone. And that's what we need to do with people that silence us. Boycott it. Get rid of it. Stop using it. Stand up against it. Our new plan for today is to not self-silence and use your freedom of speech in boldness for Christ and never be silenced. Because right when we do choose to self-silence, That's when light leaves, that's when truth leaves, and that leaves our next generation in this world in a much darker and worse place. Spread the light. Do not be silenced. Man, you guys are getting me worked up over here. Okay, anyways, um, thank you for joining. Thanks for hanging out and talking about freedom of speech and uh, why it's such an important topic. And that we have the right to um, speak, basically. Uh, Thank you for talking. If you have any questions or want to tell me um, just your thoughts or how your new plan life is going, uh, message me on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you and help in any way I can. So, yeah. God bless you guys. Peace. (laughs)